just try to like channel where they're at. And and for the most part, I'm the one nervous, not them. And so if I can just relax and know that they're confident in what they're doing, there's no reason for me to be nervous. Welcome to Sports Mom Rapport, where we support and connect with moms of athletes while sharing helpful advice along the way. This is Tara. And I'm Destiny. Thank you for joining us as we highlight you incredible moms. Please join me in welcoming today's guest, my amazing podcast co-host, Destiny Jordan. Destiny is a rock star mom of three super active daughters. She is the ultimate sports mom, balancing the demanding schedules of three children, all excelling in different sports and activities, while also being the wife of a high-profile NCAA coach and broadcaster. I am beyond excited that Destiny has joined me in creating this podcast, as she is an all-around fantastic human with a great energy and presence everywhere she goes. It's always been so fun to reunite with her over the years as our daughters have crossed paths in the world of gymnastics. And on that note, welcome, Destiny. Wow. Thank you so much. That was quite the welcome. Thank Ah, you, Tara. Yes. (laughs) We're so excited to learn more about you and have this conversation. So Destiny, will you share with us about your daughters and their interests and also about your own athletic background and your passions? Absolutely. So I will start just with my own athletic background, and then I'll get into my uh, daughters and their background. So essentially, I started off as a gymnast as a young girl and Mm -hmm. transitioned into cheerleading a little bit in dance. I enjoyed gymnastics all the way through high school and then in college did a little bit of cheerleading at Indiana University. So that was fun and exciting. I actually dabbled in softball as well, but that just didn't go very far as a catcher. So that's exciting and fun. I can honestly say that for my daughters, each one of them have started in gymnastics. I have three girls. I have a senior in high school currently, a freshman in high school, and then a fourth grader. They are just joys of my life. They keep me busy, obviously. I just love pouring into them and uplifting them in their endeavors. They each started in gymnastics, but obviously with different personalities, have segued into different sports. My oldest is a gymnast committed to do gymnastics at the Division I collegiate level. My middle daughter is a soccer player. She's about 5'11", and gymnastics definitely was not in the cards for her with her height and just her interest level. So she loves soccer. She hopes to pursue soccer further, potentially at the collegiate level. And so we're enjoying watching her blossom. And then my fourth grader, she is a spitfire. She loves gymnastics. She does compete gymnastics. She also is on a basketball team that her dad helps coach. And then she also is part of a band as a vocalist and as a pianist. So even though she's the youngest, she keeps me the busiest. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. (laughs) Such an amazing family you have there. Tell me about being the wife of an NCAA coach. You have some extra responsibilities. What kinds of responsibilities do you have? And how do you make it work with those three active children? So it's interesting. Initially, when my husband and I um, got married, 
he decided that he would like to pursue a career in college coaching. And as a couple, we obviously had to agree that that would meet and match our family dynamic and what we envisioned for our family. And to be honest with you, it has evolved so much over time. We started off, you know, I was hesitant because I didn't necessarily quote unquote sign up for a life of a married life where he would be traveling a lot and spending time with other people's children, sometimes more than his own. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that the role for me definitely evolved as his career expanded. We definitely, to be honest with you, I think when he started coaching, I had more of a selfish mindset. Like I said, I was thinking, I didn't sign up for this. And you know, you have this idea of what married life is going to be like, nine to five, come home, have dinner with family. And for me, that just didn't become my reality. I'm thankful, however, that when we first started dating, he played basketball overseas. And so essentially much of our relationship was formed long distance. So communication, even being efficient with our communication and making sure that when we have the time with one another, that we're really present Mm -hmm. with one another. It helped our relationship and it also helps us with our kids because we definitely know that the time that we have is valuable since we all have busy lives and just making sure that we make each other a priority has always been something from the beginning of our relationship. Sure. To be present. Absolutely. Making sure to make the most of each moment. And also I would say um, now that his career elevated to the point where he became a head coach, in Division One basketball, my role shifted from to being more of a team mom. And what I mean by that is I recognize all of the effort that goes in on the home front with recruiting the athlete as far as how much time is spent from the coach's side of it and, and the phone calls and the evaluation periods so that when I have the opportunity to meet the families and we host them mm-hmm. and they come spend time at our home and we just really get to know the families that we are recruiting. That role for me, shifting from being an assistant coach's wife to a head coach's wife, wholeheartedly, I have taken that in as a very important part of his job and something that I embrace all the time. Mm -hmm. And I actually enjoy and love doing it. So That's good because, I mean, to open your home up to all these players and their families, that's a lot of expectations and cleaning and, you know, getting ready and always being so much, on the ball. so much. Yeah. And I think initially you, you have those concerns of, is my house clean enough? Is the meal going to, you know, fit their expectations? And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, even if, even that part has evolved to where you recognize that the players and the athletes that are intended to be at our program, they'll understand and it will fit their expectations because they will feel welcomed and comforted and all of the other stuff just kind of goes by the wayside. It's not as important as just the relationship and again, the communication and the comfort that comes with it. And they no doubt appreciate all that you guys have gone through to get Mm -hmm. your home ready and to be welcoming for them. So like you said, you can just tell when it's a fit, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. I've even had, there have been multiple players, but one student athlete who really touched my heart, he sent me a video on my phone through text message on my birthday. And he said, you know, Mrs. Jordan, thank you so much for allowing your husband to be the best coach in the country for just the time that I know that he spends away from you guys. And I just want to wish you the happiest birthday. 
And it's interesting because for so long, like I said, in the beginning, selfishly, I was thinking about the time that he was spending away from home. And now I recognize that it's not really about me. It's about so many more people and these young men that he's able to mentor. And in essence, it's a ministry where he's able to just pour into them and grow and evolve and just have fun through the sport of basketball. Sure. That's amazing. And and all the giving that you guys are doing to these players and their families, I'm sure it's so rewarding feeling as well. It is. It definitely is. Destiny, you are always so well put together whenever I see you. How do you maintain such a calm demeanor? What keeps you grounded and balanced? It's interesting you say that because I must do a pretty decent job of hiding what I'm feeling on the inside. <laughs> I've had that question quite a few times, and I think in the role that I am in, there are a lot of eyes and people are just watching to see, you know, how is the head coach's wife responding to this? Or even when it comes to watching my girls on the sidelines, whether it's at gymnastics meets or soccer, just because of the role that my husband has and the role that I Mm -hmm. play Mm -hmm. in his career, people just want to know. Like, So to that point, I would say... I honestly feed off of them. So my husband, when he's on the sidelines, I can look at him and I can read kind of where he's at. Like I can sense, okay, he's he's not panicked. He's calm in this moment. Um, and even with my daughters, I'll be nervous watching a gymnastics meet and my oldest will jump up on the balance beam and start doing her thing. And it brings me calm just knowing them. And I can just, I just try to like channel where they're at. And and for the most part, I'm the one nervous, not them. And so if I can just relax and know that they're confident in what they're doing, there's no mm-hmm. reason for me to be nervous. Right. What a great lesson. <laughs> Takes a lot of practice, I'm sure. <laughs> I didn't realize I did that until someone asked me. Actually, I've been asked quite a few times. And it's like, I think I just look at them and just feed off of their calm. So you feel the calm and they feed off of you. They see that you're calm. So it makes them calm. Potentially. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Do you have any must do's in your routine? You're always very active. Do you have any go to workouts, things that make you feel complete each day? I do actually. So I, my ideal morning or my ideal day would include spending time in a devotional. I'm a Christian female and I enjoy the time that I get to just, even if it's 10 minutes of just reading something that will help keep me grounded, help me kind of have a grateful heart and like a attitude of gratitude and Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. um, trying to just keep me calm and not have anxious thoughts and fears creep in because the life that we live is very stressful and can be hard to stay balanced. So my ideal day would include spending some time in a devotional or reading my Bible. And then also, I do enjoy exercise. My ideal exercise is jogging. I won't say running because I'm not a fast runner, (laughs) but I do enjoy just the solitude and the time to myself to just hit the pavement, run a couple of miles, and Mm -hmm. just enjoy that time. I do recognize the importance as I get older in strength training. And so I'm trying to incorporate more strength training, some Pilates reformer work, and every once in a while, the bike. And I do a lot of that through Peloton and the applications and classes on Peloton. Definitely in great shape and obviously taking care of yourself makes you you feel whole and then you can take care of others, right? Yeah, thank you. 
So what is an ideal day of downtime or re-energizing for you with such a busy lifestyle? I find that sometimes hard to do. Um, And I don't know if it's a mom thing. I don't know if it's a female thing. And I don't know if it's a destiny thing. So I would say I do find that I unwind better later in the day. I don't know if that's common for most people or not, but definitely I kind of hit the ground running in my mornings and in my day. And then as the day kind of progresses, I find that I can just kind of have a little bit more quiet. And so I would say once I get my kids settled to and from their sports and activities that I'm able to kind of unwind. And honestly, a lot of times that is with, uh, should I say, Netflix, maybe sometimes. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> um, mindless, mindless Netflix watching. Yes. Um, but honestly, I do enjoy reading. I will always, I'd say eight nights out of 10, I will start to read in bed Mm -hmm. to go to sleep. It doesn't take long for me to fall asleep. So usually (laughs) I'm falling asleep and don't even know where I finished reading the next morning and I have to reread a couple of pages. But honestly, I would say probably watching a little bit of a show or just reading a book, just kind of spending some time honestly by myself without my children, without my husband, just kind of a few minutes to just unwind and relax. Yeah. So speaking of you, you used to work at, can I say Google? Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us about the challenges and successes you've had with your transition to staying at home. Yeah. So honestly, I worked, I graduated college in three years. And so I got a job that was my undergrad and got a job in medical sales right away. That was when my husband went overseas to play basketball and I moved to outside of the Chicago suburbs area and was working and just pouring myself into the career that I had laid out for myself. And we started with marriage and children. And after, I think it was about seven or eight years in the medical field, I transitioned to Google, as you mentioned, and enjoyed a career at Google. Honestly, it was a difficult transition to stop working, I would say, outside of the home, but a natural and necessary transition. Like I said, we always have made decisions as a family and with my husband and I, we just our communication, I would say, is just the old phrase of communication is key. Absolutely. Um, But I would just say because we've been in situations where we haven't even been in each other's physical presence throughout our relationship, it's definitely been crucial. So every decision that we made, we prayed about, thought about, and it just, it felt natural. It was hard. And I would say initially I probably took all of the skills that I was putting into my career and transitioned them into the home. And so rather Mm -hmm. than being like a mom, I was more of a task driver, like (laughs) master, like here's our schedule. This is what we're doing. And this meal is going to be prepared at 4.30 so that everyone can eat at 4.42. And then we will be on our way to sports by 5.01. And so it transitioned from that to just a more natural, okay, you know what? I don't need to treat my family as I did my coworkers and try to keep them on task the way that I did my coworkers, that we can be human and we can still function efficiently and get everywhere that we need to go. So I would say in the eight years that I have not been working outside of the home, even that has been a progression into what is now our comfort and mm-hmm. where we, how we operate. Sure. Um, they probably like it a little bit better. 
Well, you're <laughs> planning and, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, that all has helped you manage everything smoothly and for the household. It's in preparation yeah. in all aspects of your life, no matter whether you're mm -hmm. working outside of the home or not. So yeah, it is interesting because you see the skills that you use in a career and how they do become a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, having a sales and marketing background and medical, it was very much like, I can see now that I have creative ideas and I have, like you said, strategy is involved in our day-to-day -day lives and sure. um, big picture, very big picture oriented mm -hmm. for me. And so it's just fun to see how it's evolved, but I would say it wasn't easy, but it was natural and necessary. Mm -hmm. Well, it's obvious that everybody is thriving in your family. So you're all doing a great job. Well, thank um, you. You mentioned about when you look at your daughters or your husband, how when they're calm, it makes you calm. So I can imagine when you watch them compete, it's more calming. But is it different watching your daughter in gymnastics versus doing soccer versus performing and singing and watching them. Do you have any superstitions or anything that you do while watching them? Or is it just more of a calm, having confidence and faith in everything that's happening? Oh, gosh. I definitely would say leading up to any event, I am a bundle of nerves. And so that's where once I get positioned, whether it's in a bleacher or a stadium seat or, you know, a sideline soccer chair. Mm -hmm. um, once I get in position, that's when I am calmer. But leading up to it, I'm definitely not calm. And that's where some of the, I wouldn't call them superstitions, but it's more, I don't know, maybe not repeating an outfit if the competition didn't go well the last time I wore that outfit. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, you know, I don't do things like wear the same socks all season. Um, which, you know, to whomever does that, more power to you. I don't do that. But I definitely, I think I equate probably outfits and jewelry to either good luck or bad luck. Okay. <laughs> but that's probably the only thing. And like I said, once I get to the competition, I'm pretty calm. But leading up to it, I'm kind of anxious and I talk a sure. lot. <laughs> so what is your philosophy on your daughter's training, no matter the sport? I would say for our family, we emphasize from the time that they want to get involved in a sport, we definitely encourage athletics as well as music. All of our girls have um, dabbled in athletics and in music. We encouraged them as far as our philosophy to always be pursuing a, an individual sport and a team sport. And so for us, that was important because we just feel that you get different values sets from team sports than you do from individual and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So I think I mentioned that all of my girls did at one point start or try gymnastics and a lot of that with strength and just self-confidence, you know, the flexibility can transition to a lot of other sports. But I feel like being in an individual sport where you have to have poise and discipline and confidence, I think you get a lot of that internal, like intrinsic motivation from an individual sport. And then when it comes to a team sport, I think, you know, we've always felt like you are going to go out into the world when you leave our house and be a fully functioning adult. And you're going to work with cohorts and on teams and projects. And no matter what career you choose, you will always have to work with other people and you will find times that you have to dig in and 
encourage others, even if you may not quote unquote like them. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. there are times just being a member of a team just teaches you so much that you can't get out of an individual sport. So we always encourage them to do individual sport as well as a team sport and then kind of watch how that is evolved for each of them. When it comes to music, both my husband and I are not musicians. And it's one of those things that we are like, "Hmm, it'd be really cool if we could play an instrument or if we actually were gifted with a musical voice. And so, (laughs) well, you know, I might have purchased my husband a guitar one year for his birthday because he was so wanting to pick up a hobby. And that, that kind of worked for about four or five lessons and it just didn't go anywhere after that. Well, life happens and life happens. When you're yeah. at different times of your life, you have more time for hobbies and, and that's true. Whatnot. That's but true. Maybe there'll so. be more time later. Yeah. What great philosophies. Character for life, no matter what you're doing, team sports, you're going to be working with other people. It's important to be confident in yourself individually. I love mm-hmm. all that. So your eldest will be joining the gymnastics team at Michigan next fall. Yay, Woo-hoo! go blue. Go blue. <laughs> so tell us about the recruiting process for her, if you don't mind, and how you handled it. And any particular lessons you will definitely carry on for your next two, whether in the same sport or not. Yeah. So with the recruiting process, specifically with gymnastics, we quickly found that gymnastics is a sport that requires more uh, self-promotion a little bit more um, like feet to the ground work as far as the recruiting process. And in comparison to some of the other sports such as basketball or football, or it was eye-opening, I think, for both my husband and I, how much work Ava specifically had to do to promote herself and to be become more visible, to build the relationships. And so for her, the recruiting process very much was started with sending emails and sending videos and asking for phone calls and asking for times to just get the coaches on the line to get to build the relationship. And it wasn't so much for her, the coaches initiating, it was more her initiation. And so that was a lesson. It was hard because there were times that she had schools on her list that, you know, rejected her and said, no, you know, you're not what we're looking for, but good luck in your endeavors. And so, so humbling for sure. But the schools that did build the relationships and the schools that did take time to watch her videos and make phone calls, and she was incredibly, as as were we, appreciative for those coaches and those schools. I would say for me, one thing that I had to do through the process was recognize, one, that all sports are different mm-hmm. at the collegiate level across different divisions and across different sports. As far as walk-on, scholarship, partial scholarship, one-year scholarship, four-year scholarship, I mean, there are so many variations in what different schools, different programs, different coaches are looking for, not necessarily in gymnastics, but across all sports. So I think I was coming from the lens of basketball, where it's a world where everyone on the team has scholarships, and the people that walk-on typically are at a tryout on campus. And so it just was an eye-opening experience for me to recognize that specifically in gymnastics, I guess for lack of better words, I I had to humble myself a little bit and say, you know, she is going to pursue the best opportunity for her, even if that's not 
what we maybe thought would be, oh, they're going to be throwing four-year scholarships at her. Mm -hmm. So for us, I think it was just realizing that across different sports, different opportunities, that whatever is perfect for your athlete, specifically Ava, is going to be her perfect. And not to compare that to other people's or other athlete, even at her school, not to compare that to other people's journey and what is right for them, but to know that Ava is going to be able to make the best decision for her Mm -hmm. based on the best opportunity for her. And so kind of having to take a backseat. So to that point, both my husband and I let her forge the path. Mm -hmm. We did not sit in on most of her phone calls with coaches unless we were asked to come into the room. We wanted her to have the independence, take the initiative, to have to have the hard conversations of where do you see me fitting into your program? We wanted her to ask, not for it to come from us. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I didn't like maybe listen in on the other side of the door <laughs> <laughs> quite a bit, but we did. We gave her quite a bit of ownership when it came to her recruiting process. And I don't think I would do that any differently if I had to do it over again with my other girls. Excellent. So many lessons that she's learned and you've learned in holding back and trying to let her create her journey while Mm -hmm. offering guidance and Mm -hmm. empathy and comfort for her, but letting her lead the way. I love that. Yeah. So changing gears a little bit, do you have any places that you love to travel as a family or any dream destinations? Oh, gosh. Oh, we love to travel. Now that the girls are older, it's become, I wouldn't say more enjoyable, but probably more enjoyable because we can do more adventurous vacations or just kind of eye-opening types of vacations. We took the girls this summer to Europe and spent about 10 or 11 days just watching their worlds become bigger Mm -hmm. in a sense. You know, they've existed in this bubble of their world and just for them to just travel and take trains and metros and get lost and have to get on the other one and go the other direction and not have a clue what people around them are speaking and saying. And just that was so exciting and so fun. I will say my husband and I have talked about taking the girls to Africa and not, you know, maybe not like what you would envision for a trip to Africa, but more immersing them in real. I don't want to say that safaris aren't real, but um, that would probably be a portion of our trip, but just really exposing them to our heritage and just what life could have been like for our ancestors and ways that they can maybe broaden their horizons and get involved in other communities and cultures. And just, so I would say we love to travel. We look forward to more travel and travel that will be adventurous, but challenge us like Mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally so that we can become better humans. Sure. Enjoying, immersing, and Mm -hmm. learning from those around us. I love that. So how do you envision the impact of this new podcast that we're starting? And what excites you the most about it? Ooh, good question. Well, I have to say, honestly, when we talked about the podcast and creating a podcast to support and embrace and lift up other sports moms. It felt like a need. I would say when you and I got off of the phone, it's it's almost like when you see a car, like when you decide that you want to purchase a new car and you think you might want that certain car and you start to see that car everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the experience I had after you and I had our initial phone conversation. 
there were probably three or four conversations I had in that following week where I thought, hmm, there's something there. I think we can really come together and have these tough conversations and learn from each other, like you said, and grow and evolve. So my vision for the podcast would be that we can just come to a place in this podcast and be vulnerable and to share honestly and openly, whether it's challenges that we can all hear about and learn from, or whether it's wonderful things because let's admit it, everything in the world of sports isn't beautiful and easy and seamless. There's challenges. I think if we can just know we're not alone yeah. and that we can do this and we can balance working inside, outside of the home, we can balance the time demands, we can balance the finances that it may, the demands that it may put on our family. I feel like if we just know that we're not alone in helping our kids pursue their dreams and goals that it's going to help us all just be better and stronger. I couldn't agree more. Yay. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Me too. Oh, Thank been, you. It's been so much fun so far and we're just getting started, right? I know. Goodness. It'll be wonderful. We're excited for all the ladies that are out there listening yes. to just know that we're here for you. We're in it together. The rapport, the harmonious relationship and the understanding that we have for each other. We can all learn Absolutely. from each other and be there for each other. Yes. Do you have any particular point of advice that you'd like to share for other moms of athletes? I would just say not to necessarily get bogged down by the day-to-day -day nuances or the challenges that present themselves maybe one week to another to take a step back and look at the big picture. And like you said, maybe what is your family's philosophy on athletics? Why do you have your child involved in sports? And if you're honoring that, then you're doing everything right by your child and by yourself and not to get into the weeds of details, the tiny details, because everything will work itself out for that child specifically in the way that it's supposed to be for them. Excellent advice. Thank you, Destiny. Yay. Do you have any guilty pleasures you'd like to share with us? Oof. One guilty pleasure. Well, let's see. I already admitted one, which was Netflix. And yeah. I don't think I'm alone in that. I think people like that because you can learn from Netflix. You can, Absolutely. you know, the mind explained is going to teach you a little bit different than, you know, the crown. It's just different, you know, <laughs> but um, we all need some downtime. We all need to yeah. learn and decompress. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I like to bake, but I don't bake healthy things. So then that equates to eating my yummy like baked mm -hmm. goods. So that would be a guilty pleasure, baking unhealthy things that I can then eat. Any favorites? I love cookies. Like I, or... I'm a cookie person. So like any cookie. Yeah. But the thing is I have a gluten allergy. And so I have, I, I call, that's what makes it a little healthy, but it actually isn't healthy. That's just, it's just what I have to do for my body. But I still put butter and sugar and all that stuff uh, it's in all it, so. good. It's all good. <laughs> we need a little bit of everything, right? Everything yeah. in moderation. Yeah, so how can good. listeners keep up with you, your social media or websites? Yeah, so I actually do have an Instagram. People can definitely follow along, ddjordan13, ddjordan13. It's my Instagram handle. And I also, people can feel free to reach out on our website sportsmomreport.com. I'd be happy to hear from you and communicate with anyone who feels the need to reach out. Awesome. 
Sounds great. Thank you so much, Destiny. It's been so much fun. We talk all the time, but having a little bit of a different conversation and good stories and advice. Thank you so much. We're so glad you've joined us today. Thank you for listening. Upcoming episodes and show info can all be found at sportsmomreport.com. If you've enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. So please reach out to us with any comments or if you or someone you know would like to share their story and connect with us.